Well, hello, I'm here with Caitlin to talk about a forbidden topic. We're going to avoid a certain word today to see if this actually prevents us from being canceled again and, and taken down by YouTube's brilliant algorithm. Uh, I believe I've overestimated the intelligence of the YouTube content filtering system, and it is in fact a simple word filter using Bayesian logic. So we have a, a forbidden word we will not speak today. At least that's mm. my plan. Yes, let's see if the audience can figure out what that secret word is. That's right. That's right. But the theory is if you don't mention the forbidden word, you can discuss things without YouTube blocking your podcast. Okay. But anyway, the first one I've got, I thought was very charming. In the uh, Ars Technica, um, Dan Gooden, of course, has got an article here about um, a side channel attack where they steal your cryptographic keys by video recording the power LED. And I hadn't thought of this, and I dare say the designers of computers hadn't thought of this, but the power LED is just lit up by something like the voltage of the power supply, and they didn't think about the fact that LEDs are high bandwidth flickering devices. So in fact, it is flickering at some ridiculous rate, megahertz or gigahertz, reflecting the instantaneous use of power, which is exactly what you need to break the cryptographic key. And so they found that just a standard webcam can be run. The newer webcams have this mode called the rolling shutter, where it actually tracks pixel by pixel. Uh, so it's very much faster than like just 60 frames a second. It's uh, many more. And you can just zoom in to where the light from the LED fills the whole screen. And now you get a very high precision in time of the flickering. And that's, of course, enough to leak out the key. And you can do it from 60 feet away. So that's pretty charming. And uh, it sounds quite effective. And of course, the obvious solution is they ought to put something like an LC filter on the LED so that it can't flicker very fast, but only like comes on in a tenth of a second or something like that. But nobody has apparently bothered to do that. Yeah, or, or just, I mean, not even a, a filter, just a capacitor so that if the power fluctuates, it just keeps a steady voltage. Yeah, I remember uh, back in the early days of computer, they would talk about watching the blinking lights. I remember I used the really early generation computers. They had these lights that would flicker every bit going by. And uh, it was just sort of so you could tell whether the power was on or not, but nobody much thought about like leaking out the data there, but in principle you could. All right, and let's see, are we up to... Yes, we're up to Caitlin, who has the All Forbidden article. So, yeah, so this is the All Forbidden article. We're not going to be using a certain word. That's right. So back in 2019, or we're going to call it 19 from here on out, um, there something happened, and there, there was a uh, disease. We're going to call it Disease 19. Yeah. <laughs> disease that shall not be named 19 um, uh, affected the world, and... And this disease, which we're not, we don't even know the name of, we, we've totally forgotten the name of it. And it, it caused everyone to uh, go essentially work from home and, you know, have to wait for a vaccine. And we're basically stuck in our homes for like two years. And at the beginning, so at the time when this happened, I was still working in the government uh, as a contractor. Um, and so I had, you know, all the intel and the stuff and, and we, we knew that it it came for, that this disease originated from China and that it originated from a lab um most likely most likely i mean at the time it wasn't like we 
didn't 100 percent know but well, i remember at the time everyone said it absolutely came from the food sales at the wet market and this lab leak theory was just an evil uh conspiracy theory uh that was not the case inside the government we knew 100 <laughs> percent. that was certainly not what you got from the established news media no no because the established news media was following good good reporting principles um when when dealing with pandemics um one of the things that that we know not to do during a pandemic is to blame uh, a country for the pandemic so for well, example they like, vigorously blamed the country they just blamed them for having like sloppy food sales but not for creating it in a lab no um well uh the the, the idea was that we we did not want to put blame um on another country because it would put uh, Asian Americans at risk, right? We don't, we didn't want to call it the Wuhan flu. Well, sure. We, did, we didn't want to call it the Chinese, the Chinese virus. Um, that would, that would have been really inappropriate. Um, you know, and, and even, and during the pandemic, we did see a rise in uh, Asian American hate crimes. And so oh, there, and there was, was there yeah. was an absolute, um, I'm not going to call it a conspiracy, but, but a, an effort uh, to minimize, you know, blaming of, of China while we were in the pandemic. And we didn't want to say anything until we were like 100% sure. And even then it would, it would have to wait till after the pandemic. Well, and you know, I feel betrayed because I thought the lab leak theory was just a conspiracy theory. And then I didn't understand why the right people kept saying China was blocking our investigation. But, you know, apparently no. there was a lot of truth there that was right. just being falsely called a lie. Well, no. So, so here's the thing. I mean, if you, the, I don't, I don't know which news medias were saying that the uh, lab leak was was just a conspiracy and and you know not, you know, not true. It might have been reporters who are just used to dealing with conspiracy theories. But I, I can assure you that um, people within the government were, were definitely taking the the, you know, the lab, leak fact, the, the lab you know, that it was. I mean, and but the thing is, even at the beginning of the pandemic, there was no definite answers. Like we didn't know exactly where it came from, or it could have been, um, you know, we could have been mistaken. Sometimes intelligence is wrong. You know, you, you don't know for certain, and you don't want to start accusing China of something that serious um, at the beginning of the pandemic. And hmm. you know, like I said, there's 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 efforts in place to protect, you know asian americans from from hate crimes essentially like we don't there like it would be very irresponsible uh to go after this especially to go after the idea that this disease was created in uh or released from you know a lab uh especially the beginning of the pandemic that would have been irresponsible to report um for a bunch of different reasons anyways mm -hmm. now we're, we're sort of out of the pandemic and um we we have the smoking gun and it is we have we we now know who patient zero is and patient zero of the uh of co uh, of the uh crown like disease uh, <laughs> uh, uh was a trio uh were three scientists uh from a lab in wuhan so this basically is is, is yes this it was definitely these three people um, this is where the virus came from. Um, this is not some conspiracy theory. Uh, we are out of the pandemic. 
you know, I don't think I, I don't get the feeling like like there's much risk to, you know, Asian Americans anymore, um, you know, to, to talk about this. Uh, and, and we do need to discuss this because it is important, you know, to, to, to discuss the fact that it does look like um, this, the, the virus that people were dealing with, that looks like a crown uh, of, of the year 2019, uh, it it did come from a lab. And so let me, let me show the article and there's a bunch of articles on there uh, on here. Cause there's, you know, it, extraordinary claims require extraordinary, you know, proof. And, and we actually have three articles talking about this um, in, in the links. Uh, this is not, and like I said, I, I've, I've known about this for a while too. This is not new. Although I didn't, I thought, you know, there's a high probability, uh, but I didn't want to like, you know, jump to conclusions. So I didn't, you know, but um and uh, God, conspiracy theorists are gonna just go um, go wild with this, and I, I don't want them to. But uh, so yeah, here's an article from Perth now, uh, uh, talking about the the three scientists. Um, and let me pull up their names here. Um, uh, let's see, they were. Uh, uh, let's see, the scientists have all. What were their names? Uh, it was like Ben, uh, yeah, Ben Hugh, Yu Ping, and uh, Yan Zhu. Yes. So those are the three idiots who started the pandemic. Um, and apparently, uh, they were just doing researches, researching um, this various coronaviruses. I don't know the nature of their research. There are now, now here during it, I'm going to get a little conspiratorial. So take this with a grain of salt. They may have been researching, uh, combining coronaviruses and looking, you know, at potential, um, you know, bioweapons and stuff like that. But I, I don't think that COVID itself, it's the sorry, uh, the, 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 the thing that still not be named. Uh, oh God, I screwed up. The thing that 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 should not be named, uh, was was any sort of like you know, weapon or anything like that. Um, it was obviously a mistake. Someone messed up. Well, well, um, they say it's gain of function research, which is not right. exactly intended to create a weapon, but apparently it's something people do to understand viruses better. Right, exactly. So yeah, it was definitely gain of uh, gain of function research. Um, and they were essentially making new, new types of viruses. And uh, apparently they weren't very... Um, clinical about you know hygiene and and safety standards at the lab and this is the result essentially they they messed up these three idiots messed up they got infected um i think they died well i think one of their husbands died or something yeah, yeah. um and the rest of us are now li living with their mistake biggest office mistake in history and you can see why people might get very mad and say this is like an attack from China and everything, which is uh, probably not right. But no. it's not. But I'm thinking of like Rand Paul, who constantly went in Congress and yelled at Fauci and said, we were funding it and they were doing gain of function research. And Fauci would angrily say, you don't know what you're talking about. We totally were not doing that. And then of all the right wingers who say, we now hate Fauci, we want to lock up Fauci and in retrospect, it seems like they were not completely wrong with any of that. No, they weren't. Um, 
they they were doing gain of function research. Uh, we were finding them. Yes. Uh, this was not. And we were apparently denying it and lying about it. That part I don't understand. I, I think it was maybe ignorance. A lot of time oh, in the I, government. I think it's what you said. The point is they knew that the far right people were saying this was a deliberate attack from China. And so to oppose that, they said, no, we have to strongly push the other side and and say, oh, it must have done, not, not come from a lab at all. Just, you know, exaggerating the other side to try to resist the side they didn't like. Well, no. <clears throat> um, the the narratives uh, that were being pushed around around the pandemic are part of a playbook uh, dealing with pandemics. And, you know, you don't go around during a pandemic, you know, accusing another country of, of it being their fault. I mean, that's just something you don't do, period. Well, you know, this is what... This is what Fauci and the government did about masks. They told us not to use masks because they were trying to keep the masks for the medical professionals who needed them more. But uh -huh. they didn't tell us that. For about four months, they said masks don't work. And Fauci said that. And this is the real old medicine from when I was in the 50s when doctors would lie to you because they think you're stupid and sort of to guide you to where they want you to go, they will tell you lies. I don't ever remember government officials saying masks don't work oh they absolutely did i remembered it was the official line for like the first four months was that you shouldn't even wear them at all they don't work because they were trying to preserve the n95 supplies they admitted it later even Fauci yeah. admitted it later they told you that lie to preserve the supply for the people who are more important than you so your life would be sacrificed for them without telling you which is a common technique in medicine. It's like the um, involuntary altruists of um, the polio vaccine. They deliberately gave people a vaccine that had like a one in a million chance of causing polio when there was a safer alternative because that would lead to more total lives saved. And they didn't tell the people who were being sacrificed for other people. Right. It's, it's understandable that a bunch right. of people on the right got really mad and say, no, you're lying to us. And then they went so far as to say, we won't even take the vaccine or anything, which is what happens when you lie to people and they get mad at you. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, it's one thing to say, hey, you know, we don't have 100 percent, you know, like I said, it, it's one thing to remain silent. It's another thing to spread lies. Right. Like, yeah. like um, you could say, you know, yeah. You know, it, it may have come from, you know, let's not jump to conclusions. You know, it may have come from a wet market. It may have come from a lab, you know, and then, you know, just and focus the narrative, you know, elsewhere. But um, it's another thing to just outright lie. And, and that, I, I don't think the government should be just outright lying. I mean, I was, you know, part of being an in information security, especially as part of the government, is to protect the the public from information right so to keep information that should not be public within the confines of the government yeah and that's fine you know you don't get to know everything you know well, i'm sorry it's, you it's don't get you, to, yeah yeah you, you don't get to know how to build a nuclear bomb i mean it's well, for your safety well now we all know how it's not that hard but yeah, but yeah. i mean i know it's this is there's a lot of difficult lines it's a lot like government surveillance um where the government intrudes on your privacy and to some yeah. extent you need to allow that and to some extent you need to prevent that right um and and yeah and so now we're gonna to have to deal with a bunch of conspiracy theorists who are like oh we were right and it's like well the well, problem is they were kind of right that's it would be a whole lot better if we were like 
pure and clean in what we did and we didn't have to like apologize for a part of it later yeah yeah unfortunately um you know and i i still want to reiterate the fact that vaccines are very important get your kids yeah vaccinated vaccinate yourself vaccines absolutely work you are yeah. important you're a good person the government is not out to get you um even when they even when they don't tell you the truth it's there i'm not, not so sure yeah i mean the government well, is is like any other large organization like corporations yeah. They do regard you as something that they would sacrifice under certain conditions, and you have to be aware of that. Right. I mean, but the ex the the conditions would be very extreme, and um, and they're certainly not going to. I mean, the U.S. government is sexist and racist and xenophobic. Well, well, the last they... person, the last people that they're going to sacrifice are the the white you know, conservatives in, you know, Nebraska, you know, it's like. Oh, I, I don't think it's, I think that we're all expendable and that's the way it really is, right? If you're yeah. the military, you make a plan and you say, well, we'll have a million casualties, but the other guy has 10 million. So that's okay. I mean, the fact is to large organizations, we are all like ants expendable under certain conditions. Yes, that, that is true. That is true. I mean, yeah, once again, we're, we're really, I don't want to feed into the conspiratorial mindset uh, because yes, technically, technically yes. I mean, if we were became a threat to to the government and to the people, like let's say we contracted a zombie disease. Let's say zombies are real, and we started becoming zombies, and it, and if they did not stop this outbreak, uh, you know, the world would be ruined. I mean, yeah, the government would come in and bomb us, and our lives would be you know destroyed. Oh. I mean, sure, of course, well, we it get doesn't that. even have to be that extreme. If, for example, they discovered that a pesticide was killing a lot of people and yet it was like too expensive to pay for the other pesticide they would just approve it and let it kill people that's the way it works yeah i mean and there's there's a certain amount of people that are allowed to die from you know not from having you know substandard you know parts in automobiles because yeah. you know that that's the the cost of the the lawsuits are less than like the you know cost of the recalls and all this stuff I mean, it's not just the government, it's everyone. I mean, there's always, you know, there, you can, people, you know, it's, it's stated that, you know, you can't put a price on a human life, but that's totally false. You can totally do it. Yeah. And, and if, all if, the time. And if the price of, of your life is a, a fair price to, you know, save something that the government or corporations or whatever feel is, is even more important than you, then, you know, you're, you're probably going to die. <laughs> well, uh or at least I recommend not trusting what authority figures say too far because they really do have your best interest only so far motivating them. And there are circumstances under which they are deciding it would be better to just lie to you. Um, I, I mean, okay, let's, let's take, let's take the, the mass thing where they, they told people yeah. not to, not to mask at the beginning of the pandemic. Yep. And that was to preserve the masks for the people right. that needed them. And the people that needed them were medical professionals, you know, and people in high-risk situations. There were just not enough masks to go around. But what and, they told us was they don't work and they won't save you. That's what they told us. They okay. didn't say. Okay. Citation. I, I, you know what? Citation needed, Sam. I'm, okay. I'm, 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 pull, I'm, I'm pulling a citation. I pull up a news article from okay. that time period saying that. Oh, sure. I have it. I can easily have it next time. Okay, next. Time. I want to see that article because I oh, sure. I do not remember them. 
a or, government official saying masks do not work. Oh, I remember it very clearly. In fact, I will Google it right now. Yeah, I was um, following it at the time. Masks do not work. It was definitely on the Pivot podcast. It was on. It was. It was the official medical recommendation at the time. News. Um. Let's see. This would probably be in twenty twenty. Well, anyway, while you're doing that, let me talk about my my article then. Is okay. that that that'll keep things moving? I've got one I'm very interested in. China is building a breeder reactor. I've been waiting for this my whole life. Though my first scientific project more about forty five years ago was studying radioactivity of thorium. Thorium is a lot more common than uranium. And thorium by itself cannot be used as a nuclear fuel, but you can expose it to fast neutrons and it turns into things that can be nuclear fuels. And, you know, this is a problem with nuclear power. <coughs> nuclear power, the U-235, I think, is what you need. The and uranium and plutonium are extremely rare. There's not enough nuclear fuel to power more than a few decades of nuclear power plants. But breeder reactors greatly increase it. And in fact, China claims they have enough native thorium to power the entire country for 20,000 years. And the United States has six times more thorium. We're like the number four um, most, we have more, the number, rate the nations with thorium, we have the number four for the most here. So we have a lot. But what they've talked about for a long time, these reactors use molten salt. They do not need water cooling. They are considered much safer. And, um, the molten salt flows around and it has thorium irradiate the thorium to make it radioactive create radioactive byproducts that you can then use to make more power and uh we've all been working on it for more than a decade but china claims they've got their prototype working and they're going to expand it out and they see this as the green future ending dependence on fossil fuels and switching to breeder reactors running thorium and it sounds very good so i'm glad to see it and it's a partnership between America and China working together on this right now. But the actual reactors, prototypes are in China. So anyway, I'm I'm pleased to see that coming. And do you want to talk about the smartphones or are you still hunting sure. for uh... Well, no, I I I I'm looking for any article that, that of somebody saying that that um mass don't work and and from 2020. And so there is this yeah. one guy, mm -hmm. Dan Forrest, a Republican, saying that masks never work for for viruses and this has been and the articles debunking him saying oh it's they absolutely do do work i'll look um, for it because i lived through it there was absolutely a period of three or four months when they told us absolutely not to wear masks and they laughed at china and asia where people wore masks and said they're just ignorant over there but over here in america we know they don't work i i, I don't remember that yeah well I'll Maybe it it's because I've I've always known that masks work, you know, and, and I just I ignored. Yeah, I, I was I was pretty skeptical of this, but that was the official recommendation for quite a while. And then the, the, yeah, the, the, the official recommendation was not to wear a face mask yeah. because it was needed by doctors. And I remember the some was somebody from they the believed that the particles were really small, too small to be stopped by the mask is what they said. But that, after those. But later on, they admitted they did it to preserve the masks for the medical researchers, medical yeah, professionals. I, I remember when the pandemics started, we, we all went went home. There was a talk by somebody. Yeah, it, it was 
the military. I don't know. Uh, but um, they were saying, yeah, don't don't use mask. Don't use mask. But I'll show you how to turn your T-shirt like into a mask that you can wear instead. Yeah. Um, and I remember that. I remember that was the first thing that that the first advice was like, yeah, don't buy masks because, you know, we need them for medical professionals. There's not enough to go around, but you can make your own. That, there's a period when that came out too. Anyway, I'll look up some stuff. This would be a good thing to talk about next time. As long as we don't right. use the forbidden word, we can probably talk about it on YouTube, which is a heavily right. censored medium. But. Right. Um, and then, yeah, there's this article from USA Today in 2020 yeah. saying that, you know, N95 masks do, do their thing. Uh, health feedback, 2020 article. Yes. Oh, yes. But the reason all those articles came out was that was the process of changing from the previous advice to the later advice. Um. Anyway, um. Yeah, like I said, we're we're gonna need I'm gonna need some citation needed. I think. Oh sure, I'll look okay. it up. Anyway, but I, I think uh, I was much more interested than you at the time because I was older and had already caught it, and therefore I was highly concerned about it before others <laughs> were. Anyway, um, let's let's hear about the uh, the batteries. Okay, and then while while I talk about the batteries. Yeah. Uh, you can you can Google search. No, no I'll do it offline. I'm not going to oh, okay, do it in fine. five minutes here. I'll I'll look it up. Okay, fine. Before another podcast. Okay, yeah. Let's go over to the battery, which I can't pull up for some mm -hmm. reason right now. This here batteries article, quite a hit. People were very interested when I put it on Mastodon. <laughs> oh yeah. So, and uh, there's a new law that's going to hit Europe. So Europe is doing a lot to change the smartphone industry particularly bad practices, particularly by Apple in the way that they design their smartphones to be, you know, disposable, you know, essentially after a certain amount of time. And I mean, and this is how Apple and a lot of companies keep making money is that they, they have planned obsolescence. And one of the things that manufacturers understand about the devices that they're making is that batteries wear down over time so that and they're one of the first things to go essentially bad in a device. So if you want to keep it running, a common repair is to fix the battery. And if you've ever done any sort of phone repairs, you know, the way Apple and Samsung and all these fancy smartphone manufacturers construct their phones is that they have a battery inside. And instead of having, a, you know, it being screwed down or something where you can unscrew it and replace it, it's essentially glued to the to the case and you have to undo the glue <laughs> and on and and keep in mind this is glued onto a essentially an explosive device like batteries modern lithium ion batteries contain a lot of energy they are essentially many explosives if you puncture them or do anything bad to them they can erupt in flames and usually when you're working on lithium batteries you're going to have some sort of like safety precautions nearby. So a common thing you might have is a giant bucket of sand. Um, I have special pouches meant to, you know, throw batteries in and contain fires. I also keep like buckets of water around. I mean, these are small bombs. And you know, when Tesla's burned, they say it takes like 20,000 gallons of water to put them out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, these are, it's incredible technology, but you are essentially dealing with energy storage and um, once, you know, if, if there's a short in the battery, it just releases all that energy and you just get a fire and it's just mm -hmm. nearly impossible to go out. Um, what, one trick that I, I use, uh, before throwing away batteries because they are explosives and that's why you want to take things to electronics recycler, 
whenever you can. Sometimes, I mean, I'll admit it, I can't sometimes, but I work with the electronics. So I will need to make sure that it's safe to dispose of. Um, and I don't recommend people do this unless you really know what you're doing. Um, but uh, you get a bucket of water. And if it's one of those lithium ion cells uh, that are, you know, like pouches, not like the, the hard 18650s, you submerge it underwater and you just start poking it and poking it. Um, and I mean, it, it makes explosions, but it's explosions underwater, so it's fine. <laughs> And um, it, it's very disgusting afterwards. The water gets all black with lithium and stuff. But um, <laughs> afterwards, it's it's safe. But you, you're, you're dealing with explosives, right? And uh, so, you know, and asking consumers to, like, you know, be careful and, and, you know, replace your batteries by, you know, gently, you know, applying chemicals and heat to this explosive. No, not a good idea. Yeah. Uh, so there... So I, I guess I've I've buried the lead a bit here, but uh, Europe um, wants to the EU wants to have laws forcing smartphones sold in Europe to have replaceable batteries, user replaceable. So this used to be the case back in before the iPhone. Most cell phones had a little like little pouch. You could open it up, put in a new battery, you know, and people would actually carry spare batteries. So if you ran out of batteries, you wouldn't have to like have like a battery bank to, to recharge the one inside your phone, you would take out the battery on your phone, just throw in a new one, and then you'd be be back up and running. Yeah. Um, which is which is honestly kind of an elegant, smaller, more portable solution. But it's does it's not as elegant as the iPhone, which has just the seamless design, right? Which is what Apple wanted. <clears throat> and and getting the cons and what Apple understands is that they just need to get the device into cons consumers' hands. And so all that matters is what the consumers think of the device before they get it and like right after they get it. So like the first month, right? Because that's when the reviews are coming out and everything like that. After that, it doesn't matter. So, you know, they can make it look really pretty, right? They can have it be really thin, um, you know, and, and to that extent, make, you know, maybe use some sub par components in some of their products maybe won't last as long but they can make it smaller well i think and i think from marketing point of view apple is right and the results have proven them right they People are. want it to be beautiful they want it to be a fashion accessory and neglecting this means people will not like it as much right and and this is where you need something beyond pure capitalism to sort of step in and this is where the the european um uh, these european laws are are, are you know, coming into effect. Because if we just worked on pure capitalism, Apple is completely right. Who cares if the battery is replaceable? You, sh you know, all that matters is getting into your hands, using it, you know. Um, and and if it gets old, you should you totally should buy a new one. Look, the new fancy features. You know, this one has three cameras or four cameras. You know, uh, from a capitalist perspective, Apple's doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing, right? Um, but from an environmental perspective, which Apple does not care about, Apple is not environment. They don't, they have no interest in preserving the environment in, in Europe or in the United States. They just want to sell you phones. Yep. You know, the government has to step in and say, no, if you're going to sell cell phones, you know, here's what you need to do long-term. Here's how to be responsible in designing your cell phones. Um, and so one of the things they did earlier was of course mandate that 
so that all cell phones use USB-C, which I pretty soon now the iPhone's going to have USB-C, which will be good. So now all chargers will be compatible. There'll be less waste and stuff like that, uh, which is good. I don't think anyone's going to complain about that. And why Apple didn't do this earlier, I, I don't know. That that was well, no They brainer. can keep selling you more chargers, which also fill I, up the landfill. I guess. I guess. But... um. But as far as I guess, I guess yeah, if they use if you use like app like Apple specific, you know. But they they were quick. I I don't know. I don't know what Apple's thinking. But anyway, um, but but this is more very much like I understand why Apple would not want to do this, but also I understand why this really does need to happen and why this needs to be mandated on companies to happen because if from a capitalist perspective. No, you just want your your phone to look beautiful to the consumer that's going to initially buy it, you know, and the consumer isn't thinking three years ahead when the right. battery runs out and have to replace it. You know, the government it's just the same reason why the government has to step in and prevent people from selling you poison, you know, like right. Like seat belts in cars. Seat belts in cars, exactly. Yeah. So uh so yeah, so moving forward, probably around 2027, we're gonna see all iPhones have uh, replaceable batteries. I think that's great. Yeah. yeah. Me too. I, I came across one that I was very surprised at. And like your article about the forbidden virus, I thought this was fake at first. And they said, you can predict earthquakes by looking at cosmic rays. And I'm like, wait a minute. You mean cosmic rays cause earthquakes? That sounds bogus, but it's not bogus. But that's not the reason. The reason is that the magnetic field of the earth is caused by the motion eddy currents of uh, magnetic material inside the planet. And that affects the magnetic field. And that affects how many cosmic rays reach the ground. And they've discovered this is a well-known effect. And they've in a new study showing it much stronger. If you look at the fluctuation of cosmic rays and delay it by 15 days, it predicts earthquakes. So you'd have early warning of major earthquakes by observing a change in cosmic rays. And they say this could actually be very helpful to predict earthquakes, except you don't know where the earthquake is going to hit. When there's a significant change in the motion of the iron-bearing material inside the planet, the first thing it does is affect the magnetic field, which changes the cosmic rays. And then 15 days later, it causes major earthquakes. So anyway, I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, and I it's, I should point out that there's major earthquakes all the time. Uh, most of the time, it just doesn't affect people. It's it's a, it's only when there's a major earthquake near a major population center. Yeah, that, you know it's a problem. So that's true. All right. So I I can predict earthquakes too. There's going to be a major earthquake this week. Well, I, I didn't know it was that common, but anyway. Um, yeah. In fact, let's let's. In fact, you know what? If you don't know it's that common, let's let's go over here and go to. Uh, USGS earthquake map, and everyone should know about this. I know um, there are smaller quakes all the time, but I didn't know there were major ones all the time. Yeah, so let's do magnitude. Um, so here's a 4.9, yeah, well, 5.7. There's a 6.7. Uh, sorry, 5.7 is pretty big. Yeah, uh, 6.0 in the Tonga region. That's a major earthquake right over there. Okay. No one's no one's paying attention. Um, no one was nearby. Um, that's a major earthquake. So there was a five point oh seven point two. Here we go, south of Fiji. That's that's big by anybody's standard. Yeah, um, but that was once again in the middle of the ocean. How long ago? Uh, Six fifteen. Yeah, that was yesterday. 
yesterday, 7.2. Oh, man. Like I said, like I said, there's major earthquakes all the time. It's just they're wow. usually not near population centers, so it doesn't matter. Well, I didn't know that. That's yeah. good. Well, why don't you tell us about uh, Mercedes? Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, there's this gold rush right now, of course, to, to get AI, to monetize off AI as much as possible right away. And, you know, and there's, and I've always said, AI is great for content generation and to help people make content. And it's it, that's that's its main use. Uh, unfortunately, people want to shoehorn AI into everything. And this is where we get into Mercedes. Yeah, they want to put ChatGPT in Mercedes. <laughs> um, why? I don't know. <laughs> this is so well, stupid. it sounds like it's going to be like OnStar. I mean, OnStar lets you talk to a human who will like place a call for you and look up uh, directions and stuff. And I think they just want to have an AI version of that. Yeah, but why? Why open AI? They could have like Alexa. And the the thing about the thing about uh, about ChatGPT is that it's it's an LLM, so it's very specifically designed to sort of make up sort of language, and not, it's not really designed as a interface. It's designed to sort of I don't know. It, it's it's content yeah. generation essentially. Well, actually, the the fact that it just tells you lies frequently would seem to make it the wrong choice for this. Yeah, like if, if and, and yeah, for like informational services, exactly. Like you, you wouldn't use GPT for like as a replacement for Google. You would use GPT to say, help you write a research article. Yeah. Uh, like, and, and I mean, not sorry, not, not that was a bad example. <laughs> um, help, help you write like um, uh, a- Marketing piece. Yeah, marketing piece. Thank you. Yeah, we're, we're, you're, you're not using it to do the research itself. You know, but this just like proofread, me. yeah. I was talking to my sister who teaches physiology to nurses, and she said, I have to warn my students not to use GPT. And I said, well, I thought you could just make a better prompt. So I wrote a prompt saying, tell me about the Krebs cycle, look up authoritative sources, cite the sources. And so it cited like the NIH and stuff and presented references, which were all fake. One link exactly. didn't work. And the other link, it said, this is a description of the Krebs cycle by the Journal of Physiology. And when you click it, it's just a totally different article. So it just lies. As far as like citing your sources, it's terrible. Exactly, exactly. It is it is not good first for citing sources, not good for information lookup. It like I said, it's good for content generation. It is good for you know proofreading, coming up with ideas. If you're um if you have writer's block, going to chat GPT can really help you out a lot. Like I said, AI is great for is a great tool for content generation. Why would you want to shoehorn it into a car? I don't know. You know, I think it is basically the same as like going into an internet chat room and asking people for stuff. That's about the quality of what you'll get. It, it, even even worse than that, it, it's going to hallucinate. It, there, there's no practical purpose. If you want to interact, I mean, one, one of the things that you might be able to do with like chat GPT is, or, or some similar AI is to have it as a in-between layer uh, between um like a spoken language and some sort of syntactical language in the back end like like you know how you you have chat gpt write python code yeah you you would have it do something similar where it's like have this command converted into a you know alexa you know spoken type command so if you hear someone so if chat if the lm here is like you know i'd like to make a phone call to you know 555-7394 or something like that um, you know, the LLM can convert that into, uh, 
make phone call five 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 you know whatever you know that might work that that might be something interesting to look mm-hmm. into but like conversing with it in the car using it to like look up no that's not a good use case of gpt i i don't yeah. why do you and another thing too i guess i guess we should discuss putting ai into our automobiles and having their automobiles talk to us <laughs> that's what's in a science fiction staple forever but you hope the ai would be less sort of evil and deluded yeah i mean like uh, i don't need my car talking to me everyone i don't need to night rider i i don't i that 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 is true it is it is night rider and captain kirk <laughs> talked to his computer no no captain kirk Computers uh, scan that planet. <laughs> no, no, no. That was no. So on the original Star Trek, they didn't. They, they actually had like push buttons. Um, yeah, but he did a lot of it just by talking to the computer. The computer understood him and did what he asked, like a servant. I guess that's what happened. Siri came out. I thought that was what it was finally getting. Captain Kirk's computer. Yeah, yeah. But I think the next generation was the one that had the. The next generation had the, the all the modern stuff. I mean, they basically predicted like the iOS interface. In mm-hmm. the next generation, because the, the idea between next generation came out in like the 1980s, and they're like, wouldn't it be cool if we had a contextual graphical user interface that changes based on what the user's trying to do? And wouldn't it be really cool if it could also respond to voice commands, which well, is that, basically the template for the iPhone? Well, Captain Kirk totally had voice commands. I was paying attention oh, at the time, oh, oh. waiting for that to happen. And it took about 50 years. Yes. Um but yeah, the next generation was the one that really sort of put out the blueprints for you know modern, modern computing. Although they really did not understand, you do need to put text on buttons or or icons on buttons. Well, you know Jarvis from Iron Man, where the things just float in the sky in the air and he moves them around. Apparently, this new goggle from uh, from Apple really does that. You can just drag things around in the in the virtual space. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's been a thing in VR for a while. So yeah. Anyway, you have AI in cars. I don't I don't know why. It's it's happening yeah. though. And Mercedes is doing it because why not? Well, I can see why you might want AI, but probably not chat GPT. I mean, I would love a, a car that drives itself. I don't I don't need to discuss philosophy with my car. Wow, I would probably like to do both of those things. But anyway, the uh, <laughs> um anyway, I have a couple more that I found that I thought were interesting. Um there's an article in the Washington Post by Mark Thiessen and Danielle Pet- Pletka where they say Biden should pardon Trump. And this, of course, uh, set off a lot of people when I put this on Mastodon. But I I didn't even read it when I first saw it because it made me so mad. But then I read it and I'm afraid he's probably right. This reminds me of when I had a really uh, bad interaction. I wanted to like sue somebody and stuff. And I talked to my lawyer and the lawyer talked me down. He said, you know, what is your end game? What do you plan here? And here's where you get the point. I can understand the idealistic position of Democrats saying Trump committed a crime. He should go to jail. But the fact is, you can't put an ex-president in jail. You're going to have Secret Service protection in jail. This is kind of insane. And of course, the other side will never forgive you. And then they'll jail your candidate when they get back in power. And this kind of sends us to a dark, horrible place where we cannot realistically go. And I, I think a sane voice of moderation here is Rachel Maddow. He's, he's putting on a new podcast and points out we didn't do this to Nixon and we didn't do it to Spiro Agnew. What happens is when your leaders are committing horrible crimes, you make a deal with them. Just leave politics, pay a fine, and we won't try to put you in prison because that would never work. 
that would harm the country more. And, you know, that's why I think if you just think about simple-minded direct justice, Trump should go to jail. But Trump really doesn't matter. What matters is the country after Trump is gone. What you want is you want to extinguish his political career and leave us with a political system that will work in the future. And I think probably pardoning Trump with conditions, like he leaves politics or something, is probably all you can get anyway. And all these cases that he'd been indicted for are not going to convict him and throw him in jail. They're going to settle like they did with Agnew under conditions like that. We'll settle, we'll cut, we'll lower the crime to something minor like tax evasion, and then you agree not to, to leave politics or something. Yeah. So here's the thing that people really need to understand is that, you know, if crime, if, you know, Trump likely did commit a bunch of crimes, I mean, Apparently, it's pretty obvious. Crimes, pretty... And they can prove it too. Yeah, yeah. It's... But that doesn't mean he necessarily goes to jail. Right, right. Um, but but what that does not mean is that the, the other side, the Democrats are behind this, like it's some sort of witch hunt. Oh, well, it's not. That's not the case at all. That is not not the case at all. And and I I, I really want to destroy that narrative, you know, as as much as possible. Um, well, I think the fact is, ninety five percent of Democrats, including me, hate his guts and want to see him go to jail. So right, but that doesn't mean some truth of that. That does not mean that that the that that's why he's being you know prosecuted. No, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, I mean the fact is he's guilty. Yeah, yeah, and and. But thinking that um, that that the ex-president is being, you know, persecuted, right, is is what causes destabilization in our democracy, and that's not the case at all. No one's persecuting the yes. ex-president. No, I agree. However, the people on the right feel persecuted, and that's why it would be yeah. a brilliant move for Biden Biden to pardon him, and that would defang that accusation saying, look, here I am not persecuting him. Right. I, I agree. I, I don't I don't think it, it's viable to throw to 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 throw him in jail. I, I I do I do feel like you know justice does need to be served. But I don't think it's a good idea to just throw an ex president in jail. And I do think we you know the democracy comes first. You know, we were talking about the greater good. Yeah. Like when is it okay to to kill your own citizens for the greater good? Yeah. When, when is it okay to let people off the hook for the greater good? Yeah. And, you know, the person that started all this jailing your opponent was Trump with lock her up with Hillary and everything. Right. And we all said, what a terrible thing to do. We shouldn't be doing that. So we should remember, we don't want to be doing that. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, we don't, our goal is not, no one, should, or, or, how should I phrase this? Phrase this. Um, political Political opponents should not be advocating for locking up their opponents, right? That is ridiculous. And Biden should never advocate for locking up Trump or whoever is going to run against him in uh, 2024 and vice versa, too. I mean, that that's ridiculous. Um, with that said, if someone like Biden broke the law, I would like there to be an investigation. Yeah. You know, I don't necessarily need Biden to go to jail, but I would like there to be an investigation and I would like some sort of justice done. Um, whether or not that means jail time or not, I don't know. I mean, obviously, Trump did some things with documents that would send most people to prison. And whether he goes to prison, I don't care. But, you know, certainly this needs to be dealt with, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. You and know. That's why, you know, the, there's rather than a childish, naive concept of retribution, 
it's better to think about how to steer the country to where it really should go in like a few decades. Yeah, no, I absolutely. And if if any president does something illegal, you know, our number one concern is, you know, justice, not not they're the they're on the opposite team and they should go to jail. That's ridiculous. And any any leftist, any Democrat who wants Trump to go to jail because he's Trump. I mean, I would say just go check yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, and the last one I thought was very interesting was a study. I found a psychology paper, a lot of good psychology studies, but they're talking about flat earthers. And the thing that I know you'd been interested in flat earthers for years, but I was amazed to observe that the number of flat earthers is enormous. The number of people that are not sure the earth is around is 18%. Now there's only 1% that are sure it's flat, but there's 18% that think it might be flat, which is pretty amazing. And they talk here about what exactly is your psychological malfunction that would make you think this way. And that's interesting too. But to me, the most interesting thing is just, this is not an in- tiny group of people at all. No. And I mean, and it's, it's contagious. That's the problem is it's not, it's not that there there's like these 1% group of people like, you know, that absolutely know without a doubt that the world is flat. These are the, the Austin Witsits. Uh, these, these are the flat zoids, you know, these are the, what are they? The, the globe busters people, uh, rest in globe peace, busters, Bob. That's good. Yeah. Rest in peace, Bob. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, Bob, Bob, uh, Bob Liddell, um, passed away about a month or so ago and, uh, he was great. He, he was he, a globe buster. Yeah. He was, he was a, he was an engineer and he got $10,000 to prove that the earth was not rotating. Oh, he's uh, the by... guy that made the rocket. No, 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 no. Um, that, that guy passed away a long time ago. That yeah. was even better. Uh, but I mean, that's that's kind of how I want to go out. To, well, you know, well, build I, my own rocket and then crash. I, I, mean, I applaud his scientific yes. method. You know, instead yes. of just making up nonsense, he was going to do an experiment to see if the earth is flat. Yeah, to some extent, that's admirable. I know. I, I mean, of, of all the flat earthers, I mean, granted, his stupidity killed killed him. Yeah. I mean, he just he made Darwin so proud and made me proud. I mean, that's that's great. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, but Bob Nodal, uh, he, Bob Nodal, I should say, that's his name. Bob Nodal, um, spent ten thousand dollars to get a really high, highly precise gyroscope to prove that the Earth is not rotating. Oh. <laughs> and, and so. He got the the gyroscope. He hooked it up, and he found that there was a interesting fifteen degree per hour drift. He couldn't explain. So that's now. Does a gyroscope actually move in some way to tell you the Earth is rotating? Yes. Well, if it stays fixed in space and the Earth rotates around it, and you can pick that up. No, if even if you just put it on a table, if it's a nice precise enough gyroscope, it will pick up the rotation of, of the Earth. Oh, okay. I know and, there's the the pendulum. That like precesses around Foucault's yeah. pendulum or something. Foucault's pendulum, That's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Foucault's pendulum did something very similar. Yeah. Um, uh, which is yeah an, another another obvious test you can use. Um, but oh, Foucault is such an interesting character. Uh, we can get into him later. But um, uh, but yeah. So he used the gyroscope, found that there was a fifteen degree per hour drift. Basically, he proved conclusively that the Earth was was rotating. 
did it, did that convince him the earth was turning or did he just no. decide his equipment must be wrong? The, the equipment, something must be interfering with the equipment. So it's a conspiracy, it, right? They right. sabotage all the equipment to fool no, us. No, no, no. It, it, he thought that maybe the heavens were turning and somehow creating a vortex, creating, oh, making, making that. So he tried to like create a quartz box, put in a quartz box to make sure that like keep oh, all the okay. heavenly energies from keeping well, you that's know. essentially the ether theory. He's only about 200 years out of date with that one. There's so many that believe in the ether theory. So, yeah. so one of the other things that they that they do, and and we're they were talking about the Denning Kruger um, uh, issue with, with these people. Uh, yeah. Some of them very much like uh, are very familiar with uh, Michael Morley, and and Michael Morley is, I mean, I I, I do not, I I didn't know much about Michael Morley before flat earth uh because it's relatively obscure but based unless you were doing a lot of heavy physics because it's basically the experiment that disproved the ether right um uh, and but they know it and they think oh no 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 the ether really does exist what michaelson uh michaelson morley actually proves is that the earth is flat and stationary and, and yes. so it's like it's ridiculous that is the, that's the apparent interpretation i mean the michaelson morley you compare the time it takes light to take that Go down two paths. Right. And if the Earth is really going around the Sun, it would apparently, you know, sometimes you'd be going with the light, and sometimes you're going against the light. So you expect that path to change with the year, and it doesn't. Right. And this led to the non-difficult to grasp concept of Einstein's relativity. So I mean, I remember the the naive interpretation of Michelson Morley is the Earth is not moving. Right. Um, and so they they think that the Earth is they 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 very much grasp Michelson Morley, which yeah. Which is very silly, and they think that Einstein was wrong. Oh, they also think gravity is not real. Apparently, it's a that big thing. part uh, that part's real hard for me to grasp. Gravity is like really easy to notice and demonstrate. You drop something, it falls. This is not complicated. So what uh, what I think happens is that I think it's hard for them because I remember as a kid, it's kind of hard to understand. Well, if gravity is pulling things down, why do balloons float? You know, because oh, we do see some some stuff fly in the air, like birds and airplanes and balloons sure. and bubbles. And yet there's this force called gravity keeping everything down. How does that work? I mean, if you're a small kid, it, it's kind of hard to make sense of it. Or if you're a dumb flat earther, you know, it doesn't okay. make sense. You know, so they're like, but what if it's, you know, but what if it's just buoyancy? That makes sense. That makes more sense. Because now, now there's not multiple forces. It's just that one force. And, you know, it's like, but, you know, as, as, as you were saying in our texts, a lot of even people in college classes, they... They they hear their professors talking. They they read the books and they do the experiments in their experiments classes. But they they don't actually believe that you yeah. know, for some reason. And I, I think just flat earthers are very honest about the fact that they just they don't they don't believe science. You know, it's like well, it sounds, you know, I, it, would, I would say the guy that built the rocket has understood the real point of science. You don't believe anything just because somebody tells you. Right. You have to do an experiment to find out what's real. That's not a bad attitude. <laughs> that is not a bad attitude. Um, and some flat earthers do experiments. The problem is most of them are stupid. I, well, yeah, mo most of them are too stupid to do math for some reason. I don't know why they cannot yeah. do math. Like you, you ask them to do basic trig, they don't know basic trig. They can't do they can't do experiments that require math because they just can't do math. I don't know what it is. You would think that some flat earthers would know how to do math. They can't. I. Well, I, I think mean, there's this psychology argument, this psychology article is talking about yeah, that. They yeah. they don't even know basic science. 
and they yeah. think they know basic science and they yeah. won't listen when you talk to them. That's the problem. Yeah. And the, and the thing is, you know, a lot of us and you can do you can look at other people's experiments, too. You know, that's another way of doing science is that you, you don't necessarily have to do your own your own experiments. Yeah. Uh, you can also see the other the experiments other people have done, you know, and do meta analyses and stuff like that. Um, and so, like, for example, there is a, a, a great experiment I would love to do myself. I unfortunately don't have billions of dollars, but that is, to, of course, to bounce radar off the sun and uh, use that you to get the radar off the sun. Yes, it is very awesome. Well, that's, I know you can do it off the moon. Of course, the problem with the sun is there'll be all that extra radiation and light mixing with it. So how would you tell? Well, you use frequencies that aren't yeah. very, you know, well associated with the sun. So, of course, the the sun has a lot of black body radiation, but most of that black body radiation is in the is in the visible spectrum. Hmm. There's also, of course, a, a lot of, um, uh, you know, glowing plasma, and that's going to create very, you know, uh, detectable patterns. Hmm. Uh, you know, like if you were looking at the sun through spectroscopy, you would be able to see that, oh, there's a hydrogen alpha line here, you know. Um Lots of hydrogen alpha lines uh, because it's the sun, um, but you know you can. But you can absolutely bounce like lower frequency radio waves off the sun, mm. uh, get stuff back. Um, unfortunately, it does require about like you know four hundred kilowatts and a giant array of antennas to do. So I guess you could do like uh, probes of of the shape of the sun and various layers of gas and stuff this way. I don't know. I, that's a good question. Yeah, uh, but you absolutely can. Uh, you can you, you can you can bounce um you can bounce radar off the sun um and then you know wait you know 16 minutes for the reply and calculate the distance from the earth to the sun that'd be great to do myself i would love to do it unfortunately unfortunately yeah. like i said i don't have the the billions of dollars to buy the land and set up a solar you know antenna array and stuff so well you know the one that didn't cost money that i did in physics that i was very happy with was gravitation where you just have a ball of lead and you put it close to another ball of lead and you shine a laser off a mirror and you can watch the gravity between those objects i thought that was awesome you can measure capital g and you don't need any equipment beyond like you know 1730 yeah yeah no no yeah yeah every anyone who's done any physics and and i have an english degree and even i've done the cavendish experiment everyone does that is that what that is? Yeah. The yeah, you have the two the balls. Well, yeah, I, I yeah. always thought gravity was so weak, you know, you couldn't possibly detect it with anything you could reasonably carry or build. But no. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, you you get the the torsion bar and yeah. the, the the weights, and you know you can you can slowly watch it. And the best thing is nowadays it's really easy to set up a, a time lapse camera, so you can watch it just rotate towards the the you know the yeah. the weights. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, anyway, I think that's enough for this one. Okay. And we'll have another one on Tuesday.